Hey, this is Drew Durham from Neverfall, and you're listening to Misery Point Radio. another virus-free episode of Misery Point Radio. Not to say you won't get sick listening, that possibility does exist for those of you that are auditory system compromised, and the symptoms are sadly quite painful. But I appreciate you putting your sanity and well-being on the line to help me justify my existence right now. And you know, if we're going to make lemonade out of these juicy, delicious, contagion-infested lemons, I can at least say that I'm having the opportunity to have more badass conversations with awesome artists from all over this beautiful flat earth of ours. And today's guest, Drew Durham, did me the honor of indulging me in an epic, socially distanced conversation from 3,000 miles away. Now, I was recently introduced to Drew's band Neverfall by way of Mr. Paul Ray from North Carolina Legends False Prophet. And once I got around to checking him out, I practically punched myself in the face for not checking him out sooner. As some of you know by now, I'm a huge fan of the old school thrash scene, and Neverfall easily satisfies that Jones and tugs at my nostalgia strings. Drew and I had a cool chat about all things Neverfall, their origin, their formative years, the recording process of both their debut EP As The World Burns and their full-length album Blood and Honor, as well as some of the cool bands they played with in the blossoming South Carolina metal scene. We also discussed the plans for the release of their upcoming EP, Admit One, and how the current situation in the world affects that and their other future plans. Trust me, if you're a fan of thrash, old or new school, you need to check these guys out. They're making big waves over on the east coast of the U.S., and I have no doubt they'll soon be occupying more of the metal airwaves and taking the act to farther corners of the universe. So peel your eyeballs away from those glowing rectangles, put on your hazmat suit, put down that nasty can of four-year-old pork and beans, and welcome to Misery Point Radio, lead guitar from Neverfall, Mr. Drew Durham. All right. Hey, Drew, thanks for hanging out today. I appreciate you joining me on Misery Point Radio. How's it going over there in the old Carolinas? Going pretty good, man. Thanks for thanks for having me out, Mike. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, is it are you guys all on lockdown over there right now? Uh, yeah. For the most part, it's not mandated, but you know, it's pretty much understood. You know, to stay at home, do your part to prevent the spread. You know, I of course we're not liking it too much. You know, not getting to, not getting to play any shows. Yeah, I bet you probably had a bunch of stuff you got to reschedule. So. uh I see you're sitting there. Are you in a home studio or are you at the studio right now? Uh, no, I'm just in my house studio. Just this is my little jam room area. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the process of building a a proper studio garage slash epic outbuilding right now. So I'm uh I'm, I'm jealous. Uh, that. one step away. It's a very expensive project, but uh, oh yeah. I guess now I have time to work on things. <laughs> that's the oh yeah. That's, that's, the that's a multi-year project. <laughs> it is. It is. Sure. It's a big one. Yeah. So uh, cool. Well, you know, your uh, your neighbors over there in the old North Carolina are kind of uh, known more for metal than say South Carolina. So uh, what's the scene like where you're at? Um, it's, it's actually picked up a lot the last probably three or four years. Um, I, around 10 years ago when we first started playing out, you know, we were playing a lot of Ground Zero and, uh, the old radio room, uh, Ground Zero's in Spartanburg, the radio room's in Greenville. Um, and 
ever since then, like it had a big surge at first, you know, like metal scene was kind of coming up and then it took a dive. And then probably three or four years ago, people actually started coming out to, you know, live shows again, which is nice. And it's really picked up, uh, especially in Greenville, it's really picked up the last two years, I'd say. Um, I think that I've noticed over the course of the last couple of years, um, like thrash in general has faced a pretty good resurgence. I mean, it's always kind of been absolutely. there. It's always been a presence, but you know, the East coast kind of really got known for death metal for a long time, you know, between like Tampa and then, you know, New York and just oh, kind the of whole Florida scene, the, yeah, the Florida, whole New York, coastal yeah. scene. But then, you know, North Carolina has always been kind of the hub besides San Francisco on my coast, you know, uh, NC over on your coast, but it seems like that's also spreading, which, which I think is awesome. I'm a huge fan of, kind of old school thrash going, going back to the eighties. So, and it seems Absolutely. like, you know, as I've become familiar with your music, um, you guys really seem to be kind of proud of that badge. You get kind of labeled as an, as an old school style band. So what, what are the calling cards? You know, when, when somebody says old school thrash, you know, what comes to your mind? Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's a lot about the attitude and the aggression, you know, and this, it's having that old school sound where nothing's like too overly produced and pretty just straight, straightforward in your face, you know. Um, just I don't know, it's kind of the old school vibe. Like when you hear a lesson in violence by Exodus or something, yeah. you just know it's old school. Yeah. You know, it's just got that. It's just got that certain kind of sound. But I mean, we're into a, a lot of modern thrash bands too, as well, though. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, that's awesome, and I've seen a lot of a lot of modern thrash bands, uh, you know, coming out recently. I mean, I was big fan of Divine Treachery, of course. Uh, oh yeah, War Curse, awesome. War Curse is is absolutely awesome. Um, you know, one of the things you know, like when I started listening to you guys, one of the things that I noticed first and foremost was when I when I think of like old school, like bring me back nostalgia. You know, you got lots of cool tons of galloping kind of guitar parts, but then you got that oh, yeah, that kind sure. of you know call and answer you know main vocal and then the response with the background vocals and it kind of reminds me of like you know old testament old exodus and you know right. violence and stuff like that so uh that's kind of the first thing i noticed about you guys is like oh man this is definitely bringing me back so do you kind of uh do you like that designation that people kind of say these guys have that old school sound uh yeah we're actually pretty proud of that honestly that's kind of we're kind of shooting for the old school sound but keeping our own style on it you know because we've you know we have a lot of heavier parts mixed in too with you know the fast you know db stuff pretty much so right (laughs) trying to mix it up a little bit i was actually noticing specifically yeah right the uh that track uh, valhalla has a kind of a really kind of a slower steady really heavy kind of a pace and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of noticed that about you guys do kind of mix it up a little bit. So let's uh, let's get the history of your band. So, so how'd you guys get started? Uh, it actually started in high school. Um, I had just recently moved schools and uh, and I had a friend, you know, I had a friend that I went to a previous school with and I was hanging out with her. And, you know, I was talking about how, you know, I'm getting pretty serious about guitar. I kind of want to, you know, find a band and, you know, asking if she knew anybody. And uh, she knew a guy that she had a couple class with, and it happened to be Sean. He's our front man and our rhythm player. Um, and met up with him. Uh, you know, he was wearing a Megadeth shirt, and I, was, I happened to be wearing a Rat shirt. You know, both both of us actually, oh, I know who that is. I know who that is, which is pretty weird in high school these days. No one listens to thrash, really. You know, 
So, uh, but we, you know, we clicked over that and then, you know, we both love Metallica, you know, everybody, that's Metallica pretty much starts everybody out with metal. And, um, started out with that, you know, listened to Megadeth and Anthrax and went to his place and jammed and we really clicked and it really only took one or two times jamming with him to know that, all right, like, you know, let's do this, let's go, go out and find some more members. Yeah. Then, uh, our bass player, Mike, uh, he went to Riverside as well, our high school, and uh, met him through another mutual friend. Um, she had a class with him, so he, he, you know, he came and jammed with us and just pretty much worked out. Uh, the drummer was the, was the big problem first starting out. Um, yeah, drummers, you're always the problem, just saying. It, it's, a, it's, like, it's a diamond <laughs> in the rough. It's so hard to find a, find a drummer that fits and someone you mesh with that you know, has the same style and the same vision, you know. Um, and our original drummer, we actually ended up, he was probably the seventh or eighth drummer that we had, you know, jammed with. And we actually ended up finding him on Craigslist. Like, we were getting de- we were getting desperate, so we were looking anywhere for it. Um, you guys were all cruising the Craigslist personals, right? And you just happened to come across a drummer? Is that how that worked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, really go with the sticks, you know. <laughs> and we had that line up up until... 2017 then we uh have our drummer now ian okay um uh we uh, he was actually a friend of ours and a fan of the bands before you know he had joined so it was cool that he was already familiar with our sound and everything and he's fit in really well too so it actually it all came together awesome and so the origin of the name never fall how did you guys come up with that one uh, the funny story about that is that was actually our original singer. We had a standalone singer for, I don't know, maybe the first six months, eight months of being a band. And, uh, he's actually one that came up with the name, you know, and I think it just stemmed from, you know, us just really trying to make a name for ourselves back then being high school kids, you know, it was just never fall. just kind of came along. It was like the whole, you know, just never give up kind of thing. Yeah. Awesome. So you guys started around, what, 2009, 2010, somewhere in there? Yeah, started jamming in 2010, uh, played our first show early 2011, April. Yeah, I was looking at some of the some of the bands you guys played with um, in, in kind of a relatively short amount of time as far as metal bands go. You guys started kind of making the rounds and playing with some, some pretty heavy hitters. Uh, I, I noticed Lich King was kind of on your list. Uh, of people that you guys have played with, and I, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, those guys are awesome. Yeah, because I've, yeah, I've, awesome. I've heard that they're just completely just nuts, just crazy. So, what was it like playing with those guys? Were they just out of control, funny as fuck, and cool dudes? Oh, hilarious! They play up that whole you know that funny kind of smart ass vibe. You know, right. they're really cool. Um, that show was actually with it was them and Ex Mortis actually. Uh, that was in Columbia, South Carolina at uh, New Brooklyn Tavern. That was a really, really cool show. But yeah, they're they're crazy, man. They really get the crowd going and they're funny and goofy, but they I mean they can seriously play too. They rip. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're one of those bands that people don't really know what to expect out of them. Uh you hear about them quite a bit. I've never had the chance to see them live or anything, but it's on my it's on my bucket list for sure because just all the cool stuff you hear. Uh, I would assume that that would have been a, a cool cool gig to play. So Yeah, it was fun. They were really cool dudes too and they're hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so a few years after that, you kind of get off your ass and decide, Hey, let's, uh, let's start recording. Let's, let's put together an EP. 
So uh, yeah, it took us took us you know yeah, four, four years, four, four or five years yeah. to get to that point. So yeah. was it just that you guys were still kind of working on polishing your sound or or identifying uh, your sound? Identifying the sound is the big one, you know, because we started out it was a little more heavy bass, I guess, more the Pantera kind of road. But we all just really really love thrash, so we had it took us a while to adjust our sound going towards that direction, and you know tightening the screws and everything and that so yeah it, it, that's that's the whole reason it took about four years just finding our sound finding the direction that we wanted to go cool and what was the what was the catalyst that said okay we're ready to do this let's let's actually uh let's put something down in the in the digital realm let's get this on tape how did you guys come across that decision uh it was kind of you know when we were picking up a little speed you know open up for some some for some really cool bands and you know national bands and uh during you know the evolution of songwriting we kind of saw which songs hit live and which ones didn't and just kind of stockpiled the ones that we thought were the best live that everyone seemed to enjoy and we recorded those okay start out with so the the ones that made it on to the album uh were the ones that you already had the best positive response what happened to the other songs did they get right. shelved or did they just kind of get vaulted and pulled back out later uh most of them just pretty much disappeared over time <laughs> um yeah you know it's just because our you know once we started going more in you know the thrash direction we wanted to go if we were really wanting to go the thrash direction you know and certain songs just didn't really have that vibe so we didn't want our set to sound you know i got half there just straight up kind of you know 80s thrash and then half of them are just it sounds like it almost didn't fit in a live setting so we kind of just picked the ones that we thought all meshed together and then the other ones kind of played themselves out i mean we, we dissected riffs or so and you know shelved those for later but as far as full songs go there's a lot of songs that we used to have we don't really play anymore yeah had you guys done studio work uh, either, I, I assume, individually at that point in other projects you might have been in, or was that kind of your first foray into the world of a studio land? Uh, for most of us, it was our first time. Um, Sean had recently recorded some stuff. He, he also plays drums. Um, he played drums in a, like a funk jam band around town, and uh, he, had, he had previously done some recording with them. But for, for the other three of us, that was our, that was our first go-around. Yeah. And how was that experience for you, getting in there for the first time? Uh, the first time, uh, it was definitely not quite what I expected. I didn't expect it to be so tedious. And, you know, you, it really makes you become a perfectionist as well. You know, I thought, you know, I'm just going to go in there and jam it out and, you know, see how it goes. And it's not like that at all. It's like, it's almost like you got to do your homework before you go into the studio. Yeah, no, that's a, yeah. that's a, a, good, a good point because a lot of people they think they've got their stuff together and then they get in the studio and, and, uh, no, it's a completely different world. Yeah. Uh, it is a, back in my day, it was a brutal reality check that I had to tell myself how bad I really sucked when I, <laughs> when I got in there and thought I had my shit together and then <laughs> listened to the recordings and I was like, so should I just hire somebody to replace me now? Or, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely, a, definitely a different experience when you get in there and you, it's, uh, all about precision for sure. So did you guys do the whole, uh, live band jam or did you just track by track it uh we multi-tracked everything yeah good go just thought we just thought you know we i like the live sound like you know the old slayer sound and everything and um but i 
I don't know. We just kind of wanted to be a, a little more polished, not too polished where it's overdone, but just, you know, just the tightness factor of it. Yeah. I actually thought that, you know, the As the World Burns has has a really good sound, I think. Um, I mean, it, it's definitely, I would say it's got a, a fair level of polish to it, but it's still it's still raw. It still has that old feel, kind of some heavier reverbs kind of bounce around on there. But uh, I actually really liked the, how that recording sounded. So did you get a pretty good response to that once you guys released it? Appreciate that. Uh, I'm glad you like the sound. Uh, yeah, that one that one actually hit off pretty well. We had a couple crowd favorites on that one. That was um, Savage and Ride to Bear Arms. Those two always kind of stuck out. Well, we're going to check out one of those songs right now off the debut EP, As the World Burns. This one's called Savage.
is your death Even the score Got you the head Personal war Stab is your death Even the score Got you the head Personal war Take All Rain Blood from the sky Take All Rain Blood from the sky But yeah, you know, it went pretty well once once we released it. I think, you know, we've been playing around town for a couple of years, so we had it was time we needed to put out something. Sure. You know. So. Well, and then so there's a little bit of buzz for it. Right. Well, and then you know you had four more years to perfect that sound because that's about how long it took to get to the next project, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, yeah, don't was- don't rush the awesomeness. Yeah, yeah, the yeah we 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 tend to do that. We tend to take our time, probably more time than we need. Um, we've tried to be a little bit faster this go around with this new EP. As we, we pretty much started, you know, recording it maybe uh, eight months to a year after we released Blood and Honor, our second release. So we we got on it pretty quick. We started writing right away as well. Instead of waiting, instead of waiting two years to start writing. <laughs> and Blood and Honor is a full length. So... Uh... What was the what was the made you want to go the full length rather than the EP this time? I mean, are you guys on a label or are you just saying fuck it, let's just do this ourselves and make this happen? Uh, we are independent at, at the moment, um, so we, you know we're just trying to go full steam ahead, and we feel like you know a lot of you know I don't we don't want to be one of the bands that puts out three or four EPs in a row or something like that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but we want, we wanted to you know put out you know here's our sound. And then we wanted to follow that up with like, well, okay, here's a full length. You know, this is this is the kind of direction we're wanting to go. Okay, yeah. And uh, so, did you pull out any songs that didn't make it on the last round, did you, or did you start from scratch all the way at the beginning for that one? Um, uh, for Blood and Honor. Yeah. Uh, we some of those songs we had previously written for three or probably about two or three years we'd already been playing those some like probably half the record live yeah and then we're like well you know let's just take those songs those half half of the songs that we're playing live and let's write another half and just go ahead and record a full length so what is your songwriting process like i mean are you guys writing these songs all together or does it start out in pieces and get kind of brought to the boardroom uh most of the time it starts out in pieces you know like one of us will have a riff um uh, on Blood and Honor, Sean did the majority of the writing on that one, um, and then we you know we each had our, we you know like he he pretty much bring a template of a song to us and be like, hey, you know, do you like this or any parts we should add or switch around or riffs we want to add, you know, and just kind of Frankenstein it together. Um, and then as far as the newer stuff goes, this is kind of where you know I'll have an idea for a song. And I'll bring it to Sean, and then you know, vice versa. We'll just send stuff back and forth, different riffs and everything. And then, 
then we'll present it to other guys and then, you know, we'll get their input on everything and see if they like the structure or anything they think they should add or, you know, what they hear just get everybody's ears listening to it. And are you guys all involved in like the lyrical content or is that just kind of a, does Sean do most of the lyrics? Uh, Sean does most of the lyrics. Um, some of the hooks and the choruses, you know, you know, we'll all throw in. Awesome. So as you were saying, you know, it kind of didn't take you long before you started now uh, working on on your current uh, project, uh, Admit One, it's going to be called. So yes. uh, after recording uh, the last one, were you just like dying to get back in the studio or was it just like you just wanted to keep the momentum going? Uh, momentum is definitely a big thing because, you know, we're really trying to hit it hard these next couple of years and the previous two years. We just, you know, kind of came to a point where, you know, we we're getting on some really good shows and really enjoying how everything was going. And we all kind of had to make a decision like, hey, we really want to go for this. You know, let's just really step it up, really step it up, keep the momentum, you know, don't get stale or don't get complacent at all. So, yeah, pretty much right after we recorded Blood and Honor. We, we were full steam ahead riding riffs and really trying to tighten up our sound, especially tighten up our live sound, too. Yeah. So you had two recordings under your belt uh, by the time you started this new project. Uh, what was different about this one? Did you guys approach it any differently? Did you work with different people? Um, how was this experience different than the other two recordings? Uh, we, we're, we're working with Jason McCormick at, uh, Medicine Music, Me Medicine Music Productions, um, it's in Lawrence, South Carolina. And, um, well, we also work with him on As the World Burns, and then he mixed and mastered, uh, Blood and Honor. We recorded Blood and Honor at Sit and Spin Studios in Greenville. But, um, but as far as this one goes, uh, yeah, we were just, um, we're just like full full steam ahead on this one. Um, so the, the recording process is a little quicker just because I, I think we were more ready this go around. We knew exactly what direction we were going for. You know, the songs were, we already had those down before we stepped into the studio this time instead of going in there and be like, well, I don't know, I don't really like that part. Let's re-record this, re-record that. <laughs> and so instead, yeah, so instead of doing that this time, we went ahead, you know went ahead and we were a little more prepared this time. So it was a little it was a little less stressful for sure. I've definitely been in that element where you get in there and then you start playing around with it, especially when people are recording stuff in in different uh, different times with the multi tracking. And you go, yeah, I just don't I don't like that part as much as I as I did yeah, you know, earlier. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you find yourself either rewriting songs or scrapping them all together. And that's uh that can get kind of expensive. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's cool that you can get in there and have that experience behind you to know, Hey, this is kind of how we have to approach this particular project. So, um, and you kind of touched on it also a few minutes ago, but, um, around that time you guys switched drummers, right? So, right. um, so your current drummer is Ian, correct? Correct. Yeah. So did he record on this new EP? Yes, yes, he is, he is on the new EP. Okay, and so uh, these these are uh, these are all songs written with him as well. Oh, okay, right on. So I was wondering what was going to happen, you know, with that transition. So was that just uh, he other guy went off to go do something and didn't want to be involved anymore, or, or what happened with that? Oh, it, it was a, it was a mutual splitting ways. Uh, he had 
recently gotten married and you know he had just had his his first child uh two years ago so you know it's completely understandable that he has he has responsibilities that he had to take care of um but no he he was great ethan he was great you know the whole time we really meshed and we're still really good friends with him oh right on but uh and um but ian our new drummer he was just really driven and he wanted to play live and wanted to play shows and tour and that's really that's really what we were looking to do you know we were wanting more and more and more yeah um you know when it comes down to the realities of studio work and touring work and road work and just even playing local shows and writing songs and recording it's time gets away from you and you realize how much dedication that actually takes for sure so um now I could be way off base here, but he seems quite a bit younger than the rest of you. Am I right about that? He is. He is. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, we, we're twenty. Sean's twenty-eight. I'm twenty-seven. Mike is twenty-six, and Ian is nineteen. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah, quite quite the age difference. The yeah. reason I bring it up is because I heard a story. Maybe you can confirm or deny it, but uh, okay. Okay. quite possibly, maybe there was a, sh- a show you were supposed to take part in in February uh, with False yes. Prophet. Yeah, False Prophet Boys. Yeah. Yep. And uh, tell me what happened there. Uh, it was it was for a, a friend of False Prophet. For, for his, Jake. Yeah, for Jake. It was his birthday. His twenty first. Yeah. And uh, it was a show at the Maywood in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, we got to confirm and got the okay for the show. You know, I've been talking to Scott and Paul from False Prophet about setting everything up, uh, talking to Scott mainly. And and uh, about a week after we got everything good to go, the one of the uh, one of the workers at um, the Maywood told us, you know, he was like, I'm just making sure it's everyone in the band 21. And sure enough, Ian's not. So <laughs> I got a big halt right there. <laughs> Brutal. So, yeah, it was definitely brutal. I really, yeah, we were really looking forward to playing that show for sure. So, and what kind of struck me as odd about that was, you know, I was playing shows in bars when I was underage, and most places have like a thing that says, okay, cool, come in, set your stuff up, play your show, get your crap off the stage, and, you know, they just don't let you hang out, you know, before you're set. They, they were right. not flexible on that at all. No, no, that's what we were asking. You know, we were asking. You know, we'll hey, we're like, hey, we'll make them sit in the parking lot until we got the <laughs> until our set time. And then you know, we'll kick them out right after. But uh, no, they weren't budging on it. I don't know if it, it, might, it may be for insurance purposes or something. I'm not really sure. Crazy. But um, but they were pretty straight on it. Yeah, but but you're right. Some there is some you know venues that are pretty lenient. They'll just put a gigantic X on his hands. And, yeah, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, one of the super Sharpies, you know, just put a huge X on there and, you know, they'll let him play. Make him carry but, a uh, big uh, toilet seat key around with him. Yeah, yeah. So had you run into that before? I mean, I, I can't imagine that was the first club that you'd played in where it was more or less in, you know, not an all-ages club. Uh, we've ran into it before, but honestly, since he's been in the band, you know, most places have been pretty cool and be like, all right, you know, we'll let it slide or, you know, or, you know, we'll just X you out and make sure, you know, just make sure you're not hanging around the bar, you know, just be, res- don't, you know, just be responsible, you know, that's how, that's how, that's usually how it goes in most places, but there is that handful of places that are strict and 
want to wow it. You could have just set your shit up in the parking lot and played out there, called it. Good. <laughs> That's what you're thinking. Yeah, you know, go, go get a generator real yeah. quick and play our set uh, in the do, parking lot. Do an acoustic thrash. Yeah, we, show. Hey, we would do it. We would do it. <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, over here, I would say that a lot of the musicians are under 21. I mean, a, 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 probably a vast majority of them that are out there playing and getting started. And when I was playing, when I was 15 and 16, there were bars that basically paid us in beer. <laughs> and we were like, hey, uh, we're not old enough to get in here. And they're like, "Ah, eh, it's all right. <laughs> now, oddly enough, none of them are in business anymore. I don't know why, but yeah. That's, yeah uh, hopefully that didn't have anything to do with <laughs> yeah, I don't know, you know, not taking credit for that one. So, uh, so anyways, you got a drummer. He's awesome. Um he can't play with false prophet, you know. <laughs> but every, I know, it's so disappointing. I'm sure you guys give him tons of shit for that. Oh, we oh, we were giving him crazy amount of shit for that. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> that's nuts. So, uh, so you released uh, the first single uh, off of uh, Admit One, uh, Blood Soaked Stone, back in November. Who did the video for you? Um, it is M Blade Productions. It's uh, online. Yeah. Uh, they actually that and you know I was just kind of looking mainly like best bang for your buck to be honest and and i ended up emailing one of the guys there and you know they gave me a quote and they give you a a free 30 second sample you know before you make any kind of transaction or anything and i was i was really impressed with them you know that they had a really really quick turnaround too it was less than a week oh shit that's pretty cool yeah it just kind of gave them an idea of a design you know just gave them the the logo the design for that song um and, uh, you know, they got it back within the week, and we were really happy with it. So yeah, Killer. And you guys have released uh, singles off your, your other recordings as well. Is that something that you like to do then? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We like, we like to release, you know, if it was a full length, definitely at least two singles. But EP will probably just release this one single. Um, we do play Headhunter. That often, often that one. We do play it live occasionally the last couple of months, just as, you know, as a tune-up kind of thing, you know, but, uh, you know, just testing out and see how the reactions we get and, you know, not really telling people it's a new, new material. Yeah. Just to see what the response is like. Right. You ever put one out there and you're, you got like a great crowd and you start playing, ah, I got it. You know, I'm thinking this is going to love the song. And then you get like crickets. <laughs> like that one didn't go over so well. Uh, uh, occasionally. Yeah. It, it, it also depends on, you know, the bill too. Sure. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if there's a bill we're sharing where, you know, we might be the only thrash band and then we go play our, you know, a fast song, the fastest one, you know, it doesn't really go well all the time. Right. It really just, it really just depends on the situation. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been on bills, um, with like country bands, <laughs> you know, back in the day, oh, yeah. back oh, in the yeah. day where there was not play enough clubs, everything. you know, you would just, the, the, the promoters would just be like, I just need to fill up the bill and they would just start Absolutely. taking names and be like, all right. So I remember one time we played, and uh, I was I was in a it was a it was a death metal band, and uh, we played like three notes, and we cleared that fucking place <laughs> because it, it was it was turn it to ten. Yeah, yeah. man, it was like uh, hey, thanks for showing up, and then like everybody had cowboy hats on and everything, and I was like, huh, this is uh this is odd, you know, and you know we're not being judgmental about it, but we're like this doesn't really look like our crowd, and sure enough, it was not our crowd. So uh, yeah. It was band practice at that point. <laughs> it's always interesting being on bills like that, you know. Yeah. We've been on bills with rappers and country artists and Southern Rock, you know, yeah. anything. You know, part of that element, though, I kind of like because 
I think a lot of times some your your mind isn't as open as it could be and, and a lot of times you get exposed to stuff you wouldn't otherwise like or maybe you just become friends with somebody who's in a different kind of band and maybe you would have never in a million years given that band a shot and you know, you find yourself uh, liking something that you would have never thought you liked. So I, I do sometimes like that element of it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, one band that sticks out to me is Be It The Means from Alabama. Uh, they're a, a southern rock, dirty, bluesy, psychedelic kind of vibe. And uh, it's, it's really, really cool. And we've, we've become friends with those guys as well. And uh, they're really, really impressive live. Great band. Yeah, awesome. I love that. Well, I did notice also some of your uh, some of your studio picks as I was uh, Facebook stalking you there. Um, so I noticed uh, uh, kind of your your setup. I wanted to go over with you. So I, I saw the rectifier, saw the fifty one fifty, I saw the uh, sign the diamond, and uh, so what's your what's your studio rig like? What are you guys uh, recording through? Uh, we're pretty much um, on this go around. We actually didn't mic a cab. We we. We have a Mesa cab clone. Cab clone, yeah. And, yeah, and we, you know, we, we'd go straight into the interface. Um, we did the Mesa and Diamond on one side, and then we did the 5150 and the Triple X on the other, and then did a mixture of the Diamond and the 5150 in the middle, too. So we pretty much layered everything. Yeah, that nitrox is like the secret sauce. I think that's uh, not a lot of people know oh, about. Oh, that's a those. great amp. Yeah, those are those are oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a pretty cool studio rig. I was actually going to ask you if you guys were were mic and cabs, but the cab clone is is what you're going with. I've talked to a lot of people now, and almost nobody's mic and cabs anymore. So, um, yeah, just I mean, I, I like the sound from mic and cabs for sure, but it's just the 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 ease and how much how you can shape your tone with a with a you know the cab simulator is pretty cool you know you can you can change around with you know every every setting pretty much you know post recording so i thought that was pretty cool were any of you guys involved at all in post-production or in in the mixing process or anything uh yeah we're, we're definitely there um we're not you know really physically doing anything but we're definitely you know at jason's side you know telling exactly kind of what we're going for and you know where we want everything to sit in the mix. Um, we're actually still um, we're getting really close to finishing mixing right now, and then mastering should be next week, and then should be finished right after that. But of all the recordings done, yeah. Oh, okay, that's awesome. You know, because I noticed you have an April twenty fifth uh, estimated date for release. With all the crazy shit happening right now, is that still a reality? Uh, we were we were going to make announcements soon, probably either probably tomorrow that we were going to have to postpone that show and uh, possibly postpone the release. We're still deciding if we want to, you know, release it on all the streaming platforms and and YouTube, but we might push it back so we can release it at the actual release show. We've always liked doing that, you know, keeping everything keeping everything hidden until we actually play a show first yeah. and then release it. It's a tough call. I mean, you know, release parties. I know, we've never had a situation like yeah. this. So release weird. parties are fun, and it's, it's you know, if people are going to buy stuff, I mean, a release party is kind of the way to go. But at the same time, you got that anticipation out there, and so many things have been delayed at this point. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, but the album will be done by then. It just comes down to, you know, are you going to be able to, to make it happen as far as a live show because you know have right. they said anything in your area i mean are they planning on trying to 
have things going back on in, in April or is it still pretty much everything's probably still going to be shut down? Uh, we do have, uh, as far as the release show on the 25th, we're definitely going to have to reschedule that. Um, there was also two other bands here in Greenville that were releasing albums in April too at the radio room. So that we're all kind of trying to figure out a spot that works for everybody in May. Um, so that one's definitely getting pushed back. Now we have a show at Ground Zero in Spartanburg uh, with Air Force from the UK um, on April seventeenth. Um, or do so you? <laughs> that that see, it's kind of it's still it's still planning on happening, but we don't really a hundred percent know for sure yet. Well, you haven't Especially gotten since they're you, traveling from the UK too, so yeah. we don't know how. And works. you haven't gotten word from the club directly yet, saying no way. No, no, not no, no. He hasn't messaged us yet saying that it's on or off. Is this on for now? That's that's kind of where we're at. Sure. Well, bum. Disappointing. <laughs> Disappointing, but I mean, you know, it's it's coming. It's still there. It's it's it, well, it'll be out in the world. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We're itching to get back though, for yeah. sure. So besides the release, then what else do you guys have planned? I mean, uh, do you have stuff out farther than that or are we still now in the process of get it released and then start booking more shows? Um, we're actually, we have a tour planned, uh, in May, May 22nd through the 31st. Okay. Um, and we haven't, we, you know, we were supposed to release that info already. You know, we were going to release it this week with a flyer and everything, but we're kind of hesitant to do that because, you know, some of the venues are, saying, hey, you know, we'll get back to you in a few weeks and see if this is still on. So, um, but yeah, that's why it's been disappointing here recently. We, we had to cancel three shows, um, you know, last weekend. And then, you know, with the two April shows kind of up in the air, you know, they're definitely really show getting moved back. We were trying to get those shows in before we hit the road. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Hopefully we can still hit the road. That's that's what we're really looking yeah, forward man. to. I would love nothing more than for, for that element to you know, to get going again. Of course, I understand the reasons why sometimes that just can't happen. So this, uh, this yeah. tour that, that will happen at some point, um, how did it get set up? Was it something that you guys drove yourselves or were you asked to kind of hop on it? Uh, no, we did everything ourselves. Um, we're, we're going out on the road ourselves. Um, you know, our buddies, uh, from the cast of creatures in Atlanta may join us for a few of the Florida dates, but we're, that's still up in the air as well, too. But, yeah, we put everything ourselves. Um, Mike, our bass player, did probably 90% of, of, of booking everything. So, Oh, dang. Yeah, he did the legwork on that one for sure. Awesome. Well, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work to put those together. So hopefully that you guys oh, can, yeah. you know, get back on board with that once all the, all the craziness dies down and kind of get back to business. Uh, before I forget, though, I saw another post – Something about a skate deck. Did you guys ever get that skate deck built? Uh, Sean's still working on it. You know, Sean, he likes to paint and draw. He's artistic. So I think he's, you know, he sanded, he, he did one design, then he sanded it off, wasn't happy with it. And then, you know, he dyed it like a, a, a greenish color on the bottom, and then we're going to do a different color on top. So we're still working with it. Okay. But uh, we're going we're gonna to try to find a design we like. And, you know, if, if that's something that you know kind of hits with with the merch sales and everything, you know, we'll try to do a couple more of those. Maybe do a limited run or something. All right, so you're you're building them yourself, though. Yeah, yeah. You're not going through like oh. a check your head skateboards or anything like that. 
he went through some hotel you know retailer but i'm not sure which one it was or just somewhere offline yeah the skateboard thing is uh is awesome i mean i've seen a lot of stuff come through and i would have never in a million years thought metal fucking skateboards but now they're all over the place and i'm like i don't know i'm too old and fat to skate now but uh it looked pretty badass hanging on the wall in the studio you know that'd be pretty killer Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we kind we, we kind of got the idea from uh, Municipal Waste. Yeah, they they, they they put out some awesome skate decks. Um, they were they were uh, we saw a couple for sale and we um we went and saw them in Exodus at the Masquerade uh, a couple years ago. That was awesome. Yeah, Obituary has some pretty killer ones out there too. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot about Obituaries. Yeah, and I think so, uh, Possessed uh, either put some out or was about to put some out at some point. I remember seeing some designs for it. Um, yeah, I think that's the new that's the new awesome thing with merch. So, uh, well, you know, speaking of merch, then um, are you guys seeing a ramp up on any online orders uh, for your stuff right now? Since they can't get them at the shows, uh, we're actually trying to get our big cartel set up right now. Um, we're going to switch everything from Bandcamp over to Big Cartel to make you know, which we, you know we obviously support Bandcamp and we'll keep it on there as well. But we're going to put the majority of everything on Big Cartel. A bit a little bit a little bit easier to keep up with inventory and everything. So hopefully hopefully sometime before the tentative release date of the of the record we'll we'll have it up by then. Definitely before May. Before May. Awesome. Yeah. And uh do you have any other any other I guess internal projects planned? I mean you guys planning on doing any like live streaming or kind of web based things to connect with fans during this time? I've noticed that seems to oh, be yeah. a big thing right now. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's really cool that a lot of bands are doing that. Um, I think we might try to do like a little weekend rundown of it, if that, you know, like go to, go to you know live stream in three different places, you know, kind of switch it up, get you know get something each night. Like your kitchen, your living room, your bathroom, those three places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we were thinking about doing one at our buddy's studios. He's actually got some. You know, we can actually micro cabs and everything. Oh. But then. Um, we practice at a hair salon, so we're thinking about doing a set there too. What? <laughs> yeah, at a hair salon—that's your practice space—is a hair salon. Yeah, it's an actual hair salon. Yeah, that's amazing. So when you're all nasty and sweaty and you need to get your hair done, when you're done, you just kind of plop your ass down in the chair and say, "Have at it." Uh, you know, get a perm real quick. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, hopefully you guys can get some of that stuff going on. That'd be cool. I I think it's kind of a critical spot for artists in general right now that are you know people are used to going out and and seeing you guys, and now it's uh I think the industry has kind of moved into a different direction and temporary or otherwise. But I'm be curious to see what happens after all this is done if people decide that they really like this kind of web element and and connect more online with fans on a more regular basis what's your opinion on that yeah that's actually uh that's actually something i've been thinking about as well uh, i think i you know there's nothing like a live setting like a live show yeah but i do think you know a live stream is the next best thing if, if a live show is not available so i think i don't know if for a permanent solution that would be Great, but I, I definitely think during you know times like this, it's it's really great, honestly. Yeah. And are you guys able to you know get together and rehearse and things like that still then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still getting together, you know, at least once a week, and then 
going to the studio periodically each week as well. So we're still getting together, still staying fresh on everything. Awesome. That's what we were worried about too. You know, getting <laughs> stagnant. Yeah, you never you never know, right? You never know what's uh, what's coming down the road. So. Well, we got this EP coming out at some point. Uh, you know, we've got this tour coming out some point. Uh, anything yeah. else? Anything else you want to plug? Oh, uh, just keep an eye out for the rest of the year. We're gonna be booking a lot. Um, we're gonna try to do another Northeast run. Um, we're shooting for maybe sometime in the fall, late summer. Okay. Um, we did a we did a Northeast run last year, and it went it went really well, and had a really good time doing that. Um, so we're trying to get back up to the Northeast, and then hopefully next year, maybe branching out Midwest, maybe West Coast, but that's way up in there right now. Uh, but that's I've, that, that's kind of I vote kind West of Coast. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know that's 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 kind of the end goal right now is to get out to the West Coast. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, if, the, if all the cards fall in the right place, then then we'll make then we'll make it happen if we can. No, sure. you know. Uh, Seattle and Portland and all over California have pretty healthy metal scenes. So uh, I know, I know. That's uh, that's that's what we're thinking about for sure. We would love to have you guys up this way, and uh, you could even bring Ian, and he can play shows over here, and uh, not worry about. It. <laughs> yeah, not to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, brother. Had to say it. That's just uh, <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, hey, dude, this has been uh, an awesome conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. Tell everybody out there in metal podcast land, what's the best way to connect with you online? Where can they buy your merch? Where can they download your songs? And how do they interact with you personally? Okay, uh, Facebook and Instagram. um, It's uh, Neverfall. And then our Instagram is Neverfall underscore Thrash. Um, YouTube is the same is the same username as well. Um, but definitely Instagram and Facebook for sure. Awesome. Be the best ways the best ways to stay stay in touch and keep updated on everything. Okay. And uh, Bandcamp for downloads and Spotify. Yeah, it's uh, Never Fall SC at Bandcamp. Awesome. Well, you guys heard it right there. Support everybody in this crazy time. Buy their merch. Download their stuff. I'd say go see him, but you can't do that. So, uh, hopefully soon. <laughs> hopefully soon. Well, thanks, Drew, for hanging out today. I appreciate everything that uh, that you guys are doing, and uh, hopefully there's not too much more delay, and we'll get to see your new epic project, Admit One, hit the stands sooner rather than later. Thank you, brother. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you having me, man. Yeah. Also, want to give a thank you and a shout out to uh, Paul and Scott from False Prophet for turning me on to these guys i appreciate the hookup i'm definitely excited to support never fall on all their future endeavors i want to congratulate drew sean ian and mike for putting together a super kick-ass band and i'm confident that we won't have to wait too long for the release of admit one make sure in the meantime you like their pages follow on all their social media so you can stay up to date with all of their awesomeness and do me the favor and do the same for misery point radio comment on the pages leave some reviews check out the artists we feature support artists of all kinds and now closing it out the first single off the upcoming Neverfall EP Admit 1 here's Blood Soaked Stone Thunder the spark for eternity to hell where there is no return I'm committed to burn 
Death is so quick So we'll settle for broken lips